Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Arts. Raiders of the Lost Arts. I'm back, everyone. Oh, my God. That's Craig. He's back. I'm back. I'm back from my mini hiatus. Yeah. I needed a break. You know, the fame was really getting to me. We were honestly, we were fighting. We were fighting. And in the midst of our fight, you know, the, the paparazzi was like just at like the forefront of everything. And I needed a break more than anything. So Wow. Really nice to be back, everyone. So that's the tea, I guess. That's the um, tea. I'm still here. As she always I... will be. She's the Freddie Benson. She needs to be here. Without her, would I Carly be running? I'm I'm Carly. I'm Freddie. You're just Sam. Am I even Sam? You're I'm like, like I'm probably like Spencer. Oh. <laughs> you said I'm, it, not me. I'm Spencer. I just I show up every once in a while and I try to pretend like I know what I'm doing. Um Wow. Yeah. Self call out, I guess. Always. I'm here to humble myself. Um so, yeah, this episode is going to be a little different. We're just yeah. kind of going to talk about a single movie. Yeah, and, we're like, doing our it. first film review, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, I guess it is. Even though we review. are Raiders of the Lost Arts and we do a lot of rating on this podcast, this channel, as some may call it, um, we are actually going to be doing a lot of like film review. We're going to be doing a lot of reviews in the future because Kate and I have a like background in film, whether it's like, a devoted interest or someone like her who's actually studying film so in terms of film television music we're going to be doing a lot of like reviews in the future even like not even necessarily reviews but just like explorations of certain movies and whatnot yeah. um i don't know if this is going to be a minisode or not i'm going to start introducing some of those because for the uninduced, an hour and a half podcast is a lot to get into. In like 45 that's minutes, lot. that's a lot more approachable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and so we have like just one little thing we wanted to talk about before I really get into it. Yeah. And that's something that went on on Twitter. On the Bird app. On, on Bird app. On Bird app. This um, week. Let's introduce our little segment before we talk about it. I guess, I don't even know. <laughs> it counts as the segment. I guess it counts as news. This is uh by the time you're hearing. By the hearing. time you're hearing this. Um. So all of, all of y'all out there, as it oh I just lost it. It's okay, I found it again. Um, everyone out there who knows life with Mac, if you don't, you're missing out, man. I mean, the, the if queen you're of not ASMR. into ASMR or child celebrities on the internet, then you probably don't know who she is. But I think we spoke about her we in like a past episode. Or maybe we just talked about her after recording. But yeah. basically, she's a 15-year-old ASM artist, ASMR content creator on YouTube. and She's been around for a while now. Yeah. Like, when she first started, she was a lot younger. Yeah, a lot of her uh, videos, her early videos, anyway, have been, like, memed in a way. Yeah. Um, there's that like one. the one where, she's a flight attendant. Where she's a flight attendant, and she, like, grabs the, the ticket. She goes, thank you. Um, and then there's the oh. one where she's, like, s- sipping... Out of a can in her bedroom. She's like tapping the can. Yeah, and she goes, "Ah," and then she like taps the can. Um, Icon. If you you can just search her on YouTube and you'll find the memes. She knows how to work it. Well, anyways, so apparently I did not get to see beforehand the the ramifications of everything, but apparently her Twitter got hacked. So I'm assuming these hackers said a lot of scary, hateful stuff. Essentially, I just saw people like screenshotting her saying some weird things about like poor people and like you don't work. Like I'm 15 and I'll have I have more money than you'll ever have because yeah, you're lazy or something. Like and I was like, "What is what is going on?" I didn't know if it was her, if it was like her mother or some weird. Her mother relative. took over Twitter to like yeah, or like her class, like a relative just like yeah. hacking her or like you know who it was? It's the um, it's the kid from Knives Out. The, oh yeah, yeah. The kid on his phone. Yeah, yeah. It's him. Yeah. He did it. Anywho, so she tweeted out an apology. Um, this was literally like less than a day ago. It was twenty one hours ago. She said, "Hi, sorry about the hacker tweeting hateful things on my account. The tweets are deleted, and my account is now reinstated." And then she reiterates, "I'm fifteen and have no major political views other than I'm always been an LGBTQIA plus ally, and I do support the military slash good cops. Sorry to." anyone offended it's me now um and i feel like this even created more buzz like you said you saw all the screenshots but with like the hack tweets but like i saw it afterwards i feel like even some of my mutuals were kind of going in on her with the whole like the political views and the good cop versus bad cop thing um 
like one of the first tweets is like literally um there is no such thing as a good cop all police officers enforce a racist oppressive and an unjust system even if they think other um no matter what the media tells you you aren't um they're not here to protect but just to punish and, you know like honestly there is some light to that there is some truth to it where systemically it is a racist and oppressive system that needs to be reworked and like i feel like torn apart from the ground up and like it needs a new foundation mm-hmm. honestly um so there are points but again i feel like all these people were coming for her and again she's like 15 years yeah. old i mean what were you doing at 15 well actually i was kind of politically active you at 15, see, but like, i that was just my personality type. exactly and not everyone has that but like for me like at 15 um I was probably still jamming to Hannah Montana. Like, I definitely, I mean, I still do. But, like, I don't, like, I can't even tell you what my hobbies were or what I was doing. I was very immature. Yeah, I mean, I went to, like, my political awareness club. That was, like, once a week that I went to. So I did have these burgeoning beliefs, and I was, like, politically active, if you will, online and whatnot. But that was just the type of person I was like Kay had her own political blog I didn't I really didn't I didn't know enough to do any of that but like again she's like a 15 year old content creator it was canvassing with Kay with the canvassing started with a K I'm kidding can I talk yes, Sorry. <laughs> um I mean she's gonna learn things she's gonna whatever I was more concerned that like it was actually her um in retrospect, it doesn't sound like her, like what we are used to hearing from this creator. So I was like, I don't know about that. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's just like, she's a child. Yeah, she's literally a child. I find it weird whenever any child is under too much scrutiny like that. It's like, okay, at a certain point, you have to go to the parents yeah, and blame and them because, like, like, she is a minor. Yeah, and obviously we're in a different time, but, like, I didn't I had to think about this. I didn't have a Twitter when I was fifteen. I had a Twitter when I was like twelve. This oh, bird app oh. has really shaped I think I did and then I deleted it and then didn't get back till I was like eighteen. You know, I'm gonna talk more about uh Twitter later when we get into the movie. I think. Yes, we will. Because it's uh um it, it plays But like role. you said, I think scrutiny is such a great word to use for this. Like again, she's young, her opinions are still forming. We have to remember at home, like everyone, besties, um, we got to turn to psychology. They say, what is it, like 24 or 25? Your brain's fully developed by then. Yeah. You're, we're learning every single day. So Also, like, no one comes out of the womb, like, the most informed. Politically and with woke. This, with the opinions that they're going to have for the rest of their lives. Like, I have different opinions than I had two years ago. Yeah, like, and it's all chill. about your environment. That's a huge factor to it. Yeah. Like, that's basically all we want to talk about. It, yeah. it also, she got some nice comments though within like tweets. People were like, "We love you. We're here to support you. Don't listen to the haters." So I enjoy people who are able to kind of brush things off and like continue in a positive note. So that's all I had to say. Okay. Yeah. So let's get into the let's going into the, our first film review. I am so excited. So this is a film that I proposed to Kay. Um, we're married now yes (laughs) uh we married the film the film was actually the one who um solidified the wedding for us yeah yeah um so this is something i had seen previously and she had not so this was her first watch Mm -hmm. which was so i was so excited for you because again seeing this movie with fresh eyes for the first time it is a wild ride yeah yeah um so the film we chose um is ingrid goes west where ingrid goes west she truly went west um, so just a little bit about the film, um, for those who don't know about it. So it was actually filmed back in 2016, so not too long ago, and was released August 25th of 2017, the following year. Um, in the box office, it grossed over $3 million. Um, you know, it was more of an indie movie. So it was Yeah, more it was neon uh, produced, so yes. syndicated it and whatnot. Yeah, so it was very low-key. Um, and it has an 86% score on Rotten Tomatoes. Um yeah, it's a, I think fairly I think it's fairly rated. I think that's a good rating yeah. for it. Um in terms of like genre I I mean I'm getting very specific with yeah. it. I would call it a social media satire. That would like go beyond genre. I'm d- that is like how I would it's, label the movie. It's kind of like um it's social commentary but it's 
got thrillerish elements yes. in a in a way it's like a less extreme black mirror episode yes it's like a, a more very, realistic one yeah it's very even though like you said thriller based and like kind of suspenseful it's a tamed version of that yeah um and i just have a little bit of a synopsis about the film and then just the director himself so for those who do not know the film Again, before we go into this, we just want to warn you, there are going to be spoilers. I think the first two or three minutes we talk about this, there won't be. Yeah. And then once we start talking about the plot, like, there will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie or, and you're planning on seeing I it. I pause here. I, I, wouldn't e- I wouldn't have even started the episode. Yeah, that's true. You should always go into um, this knowing we're going to spoil things. But we do if you have seen it, great. If you or haven't, if you, Or you don't care if you're it. ever going to watch it. You know, when she's like, it's L.A., that's what I think about this whole movie too. The, oh, yeah. the video, it's L.A. Oh, it doesn't even take place in L.A. It takes though. Takes place in L.A. That's where they live. I know it was yes. California. I yes, thought it was. It was. LA. Well, because the one, uh, or one house Street. was at Joshua yeah. Tree. So it is in L.A. Um, so basically, for those who don't know, the besties at home. This um, film, I'm reading a synopsis I got off of Sundance's website itself. Um, Ingrid is an unstable young woman with a checkered past of obsessive behavior. She secretly moves to Los Angeles to get close to Taylor Sloan, an Instagram lifestyle guru with a fabulous artist boyfriend, a camera-ready terrier, and an array of new products and brands to promote to her followers. After Ingrid adopts a tailor-made identity for herself, her uh, machinations to prove she's BFF material for her Insta idol are underway, that is, until she meets Taylor's obnoxious brother, Nikki who threatens to tear down her facade. Um, also, this film is directed by um, Matt Spicer, and just a little bit about him. I'm a fan based on his other work, too. He's I feel been, like he hasn't done that much. He I hasn't mean, done I, much. I saw that he directed, what, an episode of Dollface or a few episodes? He might have. I didn't. I was looking more at his, like, his filmography. So Matt Spicer, he actually studied um, filmmaking at uh, USC's School of Cinematic Arts. Uh, his first script, The Ornate... Um, Anatomy of Living Things, which was co-written by Max Winkler, landed on the blacklist and was um, optioned by Fox Searchlight. His short film, It's Not You, It's Me, starring um, Jillian Jacobs, mm-hmm. our queen from Community. Um, it's actually Gillian. Gillian. Oh, I'm such a fake. Yeah. I really am. I Before I read that name, too, I remembered. I literally t- had to sit down with myself and tell myself, it's Gillian, it's Gillian, it's Gillian. But I still failed her. I'm yes, sorry, Gillian. Your flop. Yeah, I every week on a flop behavior we should expect this by now um that premiered in 2013 at the um sxsw film festival and most recently the film i'm about to talk about that i love um he co-wrote and produced flower okay uh, with zoe deutsch which is a twisted coming of age comedy um adam scott's also in it as well as queen Catherine hahn it is a great Mm. cast of film you know what i I don't know what it is about that movie, but I've never been interested in watching it. It's very good. Maybe I'll watch it. I'm also so it. biased because Zoe Deutsch is probably one of my favorite actors. There was something about her that I didn't like at first, but I do like her in like everything that yeah. I've seen. So I don't she... know. I need to get over myself. Have you seen Buffaloed? No, before? but I heard that was really good. That's probably one of my favorite movies within the past five years. Mm. Phenomenal. I've heard like, great things. So good. Um, so yeah, now let's get into Ingrid Goes West. Okay, so, yeah, we got a little bit of a synopsis. Um, let's talk about that beginning. Well, let's just go over the cast okay, real quick. Yes, you're right. Let's do that because, first. Because, so, the titular role, if you will, of Ingrid, who goes west, yes. is Miss Aubrey Plaza. Miss Aubrey Plaza. Who you might know from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, probably most notably for Parks and Recreation. Parks and Recreation. Little Hours, Black Bear, Happiest Season, recently. She was also in the um, remake of Child's Play. Oh, I never saw that. Yes. Um, so opposite uh, Aubrey Plaza, we have Elizabeth Olsen as uh, Taylor queen. Sloan, the the influencer, um, who you might know as the sister to Mary Kate Nashley. Yes. A um, lot of people don't know that. I can't believe like she looks just like I them. Know, but it's like a weird. I feel like I've seen, especially on the Bird app, with um. Obviously, you were about to say what she's in. Most uh, yeah, she is most notably the Scarlet Witch in the Avengers films and WandaVision. Yeah, so I think people started to really pay attention to her with the um, premiere of WandaVision. And I remember on the Bird app, a lot of people were like, wait, she's a- related to Mary-Kate and Ashley? See, I knew that like, I knew that about her ever since, um, whatchamacallit, Age of Ultron came out in like 2014. So I guess 
Yeah. I've been sitting on this for six, one seven One of the years, very so. few Marvel movies I've actually seen. Really? You yes. saw Age of Ultron? That's one of the worst ones. And I liked it because she was in it. Well, she's good in it. I, I know nothing about superheroes. And Aaron Taylor Tom. Uh, I know nothing Tom. about superheroes, but I was sitting here like, I stan her. <laughs> she's great. She's great. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson. That's his name. I yes. don't know why. I was... You know when uh, celebrities, they have three names, the, and it's just yeah, like you could throw names. any random one in there, and it would still probably sound right. It would it'd work. You would picture some white I think guy. I was trying to say Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> um, he's not in this. <laughs> he's not. You. We also have um, O'Shea Jackson Jr., the son of Ice Cube, yes. as Dan Pinto. Yes. The, uh, uh, like the kind of landlord, rent, renty, and kind of boyfriend to Ingrid. Yes, I have a lot of takes on his character. You will see. Okay. I have a lot of takes he's, on a lot of characters. He's also in Straight Outta Compton. He plays his dad in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Long Shot and Just Mercy. Uh, then we have, okay, there's a lot of people who are in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in this movie. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. Because um, then we have Wyatt Russell okay. as Ezra O'Keefe, the husband of yes. Taylor. Um, who's the son of Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Mm-hmm. And we spoke about him last week because he plays John Walker slash the new Captain America. And this America. is actually so funny. Guess what movie I just watched the other night for my first time with Goldie Hawn? What? Sugarland Express. I've, I've like never seen any movies. With that Goldie is Hawn, um, one of Spielberg's first films. Um, his first one's technically dual. And then I feel like his mo- his more, no- it was like his first well-known film was Sugarland Express. It came the year before Jaws. Mm. Um, great movie. I highly recommend. Um, anyway, he's in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Black Mirror, 22 Jump Street. I think that's where I first saw him. 22 Jump Street? 22 Jump Street. Mm-hmm. That was a fun character he played. Um, then you have, I always pronounce his last name wrong. Yes. Billy Magnuson? Yes. Okay. I was waiting for you to get to him because do you know what role I don't know why I always think of when I think of him? Into the Woods? Yes, of Well, because that's like one of his top listed credits, too. Yeah. And I think that's one of the first times I saw him. Which prince is he? He's the not, he's the Rapunzel one. Yes. Um, And he plays uh, Nicky, who's uh, Taylor's brother. I have a lot of opinions. He's also in Game Night, Big Short, the live action Aladdin. Is he? Yeah, he plays like the white prince who comes in and makes like a thing. Just don't. I didn't know he was in Velvet Buzzsaw. I saw that, so I don't remember what he was in. Oh my goodness, it's so bad. I couldn't finish that movie. It was it was awful. It was, it was really awful. I'm like Jake. And there were so many good people Jake. in it, and it sucked. Who, um, who put you up to this? I don't know. He was uh he didn't have that Marvel money yet. And then you have Pom Clementif as Harley Chung. She was in Old Boy, Uncut Gems, mm-hmm. and most notably in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. My she plays movies. the girlfriend of Nikki. Yeah, like the model. Yes. Not really girlfriend, but like she, fling. Yeah, and she's kind of like, no offense, not very relevant. To the no, film. but she's in it, and yeah. I like the actress. No, she's great. So yeah. I want to just give her a little there. shout out. I love Palm. She's so yes, sweet. She is. Um, okay. So. Now going into the film. I don't. We have no structure for we this. We really so just, don't. So we're, we're. You can just start talking, and okay. I'll. I have like and then things written down, in. but yeah. First and foremost, when we talk about film, we always always want to think about music, the soundtrack, and the scoring of the movie. I am obsessed with. I don't I, remember it too much. It's subtle. It fits the soundtrack. It, it just puts me in a good mood. Like I could just. I don't know. Like I can't name any like notable songs off of it, but like. It's a, it's a soundtrack I can play in my cart and drive to. It, it just has good summer feels. And then just the scoring itself um, is very well blended. And it's, it's super, I think, all-encompassing and takes different emotions, obviously, because the film is a roller coaster. So likewise, the scoring is going to be. Um, I think the, the first thing I wrote in my notes, iconic opening montage, which is so true, where it's, it really oh, yeah. just jumps the right wedding. into, yeah. But even before that, just social media. So, like, it literally opens up on all different Instagram pages. Mm-hmm. And it's going through, like, the comments. And someone's reading it, like, directly. And, like, even reading out the emoji, like, heart eyes emoji. And it's yeah. just, 
it's so in the way that if that, anyone ever read out my Instagram captions like that, I'd probably kill myself. I think we would all kill ourselves. <laughs> I think the society. I, like, Earth, hey, don't Earth, put me under Earth, a microscope Earth like that. Earth would be like just abysmal. No more humans. We would yeah. all just like suffer. Um, we would all be like suffering from secondhand or firsthand embarrassment because of it. Um, and then yeah, when Ingrid crashes the wedding. So, what I want to talk about in this in this context, it's definitely something I didn't pick up on in my first watch so this was my second time watching the film and I was like oh my goodness it all makes sense so the name of the girl who the wedding she crashes is Charlotte mm-hmm. and that name keeps coming up throughout the film because well, she's just like talking to her in a way it's like she's writing letters to her yeah she says like dear Charlotte yeah and she's talking she's like updating her with her life so even though she like ruins her wedding by showing up and pepper spraying her um she still feels inclined to keep her updated because she still views her as a friend and the most or she's just like obsessed with her well she is yeah yeah because the thing is i honestly didn't think that thread made that much sense because it seemed like she moved on from her so it would have been made made more sense maybe for her to like maybe talk to her mom since that seemed like more of an important relationship to her because that's what I'm seeing as like kind of sparking everything. It's not exactly clear in the movie, but you see that her mom passed away in 2016. This is taking place in 2016. Yes. So I think her mother's death, the death, the closest person she it had in her life, acts as a catalyst. It's a catalyst for why she has these strange obsessive relationships with people who she wants to be friends with. And if anything, her mom's death is actually the catalyst of why she moves to LA. Well, yeah directly though because she leaves her the money yeah and because i think it's just her her mentally processing the idea of a new start yeah i mean and it's following her obsession because she first sees um taylor sloan in that magazine mm -hmm. and finds out a little bit about her and then when she realizes she lives in la she's like oh i gotta go now too yeah the one thing that they never quite explore, and I guess it's okay because it's not like a documentary, is like why certain people have these kinds of parasocial relationships or like these obsessions with people. So I'm actually going to talk about that later. I we can talk about it now since we're on it. I get, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm like, yeah. And then you're like, no, we're doing it. Oh, let's yeah. stay on topic. Yeah, we should. Okay. So I, you know me, what do I like to do for my podcast? Our podcast, my podcast. Who am I? Our podcast. What do you? What do I like to do in advance? Research. Research. So of course I did some research. You should have like a research jingle, or like I should add like a little sound bite. Yeah, that'd be. Cute. I should get an actual soundboard because this one, it's not the best. It's not. Let's do a little laugh. <laughs> you can't hear it. I'll tell you when it. it. Okay, you're good. Okay. <laughs> um. So. Are you aware of uh, Screen Queens? Screen or not, Scream? Not Scream like the show. Not, okay. We're not talking about Ryan Murphy today. I don't know. <laughs> Good. <laughs> not today. Uh, not today no, I don't. Them. Okay, so Screen Queens, it is... I don't know how to like accurately describe it. It's like a website where people write articles like for film. And okay. Stuff. Yeah, it's like one of those. I don't want to call it a blog because it's more than a blog. Um, and they have a podcast too, I know. Um, I have not looked too much into their podcast. I, I'm only really familiar with the interface of their website. But, and it's so it's so great because this is very recent. Someone wrote this article back in this February um, about the movie. They, um, let me give her credit first. Um, so the author of this article is Tony, um, I don't know how to la- pronounce her last name. I don't know if it's Stanger or Stanger. Um, but she studies film and she wrote a review on Ingrid Goes West, and she explores the um, concept that Ingrid suffers from borderline personality disorder. Yeah, that would make sense. It makes the most sense. So, Well, she's in some type of treatment um, at the beginning of the movie after her she goes to the wedding. Like, she's in some type of mental institution. Like, the one yeah. friend called it a mental asylum, but, like, yeah. it's not 1920s anymore. That's yeah. not what they're called. It's just a hospital, yeah. I would say. Um. So in the article, it says um, she writes, Ingrid, the odd behaviors likely began before we were introduced to her in the film, obviously, as it appears to be an intrinsic part of how she functions. It's also in line with a mental health disorder that isn't often talked about, um, which I think makes this more important. 
that they don't explicitly tell us what she suffers from. So borderline personality disorder, according to the NHS, BPD is a disorder of mood and how you think, feel, and behave in relationship both yourself and other people. The Mayo Clinic lists nine symptoms, only five of which are needed to make a diagnosis, from which we see an anger goes west. It's possible to connect an to the first eight of these. So she listed all nine. So this um, pertains to one, an intense fear of abandonment, which makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Two, unstable, intense relationships. Mm-hmm. Three, unstable sense of self. Mm-hmm. Four, impulsive and risky behavior. Mm-hmm. Five, self-harm and or suicidal thoughts, feelings, or behavior. Yeah. Six, wide and intense mood swings, which can last from hours to days. Kind of. Yeah. Seven, chronic feelings of emptiness. Okay. Eight, explosive anger. Okay. And nine, a sense of unreality, such as paranoia and or dissociation when stressed. Yeah. Which I feel like I can argue that last, because she said the first eight that she lists, you see in the film, I can argue that last one, honestly. I mean, it's hard when it's a movie and you can't see inside her head. And like when she's, if she were paranoid, like it's, it's hard to, I mean, you can put that on the screen, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think you can definitely make a case for yeah. her having BPD. And if we're going to like go along that narrative of her having uh, BPD, um, I noted about the film, I think it has great narrative style where a lot of it, there of course is dialogue, but I think this movie is very action led rather than dialogue read. It's led, especially within the introduction of the film. Um, when you first are introduced to Ingrid, you don't see her speaking a lot. You just see her acting, and her actions reveal her obsessive behaviors. Yeah, I think if anything, it's just like a it's a massive POV through her eyes, and so she's not very talkative. I wouldn't say like even when she's with Taylor, like she lets Taylor do a lot. She of the takes talking. yeah, she lets Taylor take over. mostly because she's trying to like <clears throat> soak in her life and her information yeah she's trying to like learn as much as she can um i even like noted i was looking specifically like at at filming techniques um i think the move i wrote that there were fluid movements with the characters and the blocking i noticed particularly too um the one scene that came to mind and it's such a like it's not even like really an important scene at all it was just in the very beginning when ingrid's taking like a bath or something um, I was noticing just like her positioning and just like her her motions and her movement. Um, and I think Aubrey Plaza just did a really great job of getting in tone with like Ingrid's character and just being very like her movement and everything is very rigid mm-hmm. um, awkward. and impulsive and yeah, awkward. And she's just not socially or spatially aware of everything around her, mm-hmm. which is like, like I said, very shown through her movement and her her blocking even with other characters too which i thought was really unique um i think the big question of this film is how far do people go for that aesthetic i mean that's definitely part of it i don't know if it's the big question and i it's definitely not the central that's one of my main critiques i think of the movie is like it had kind of a few different focuses and it didn't quite choose Mm. one okay um and i think that's reflected in the ending yeah. Which I don't think is a great ending. Okay. What What did you think of the about the ending? Um, I personally, I remember when I first watched the ending, I was very shocked. Um, I actually liked it a lot because it's her first time where she's very honest with herself. Mm. Because- I think she was still putting something on i still don't think it was authentic because this is like in uh, this is ingrid's like her confessional or her tell all per se of course i i definitely do agree with you there's there is that lack of authenticity because it's being filmed and it's being put on a yeah. social platform so th- i think that's very purposeful it's very intentional and it's allowing the audience to question why um how how much can we still trust her even though she's like telling all um it also it's showing just like what a mental breakdown looks like for her because she was pretty much from that after she leaves the hospital in the the beginning of the film to that end is like that's the first time you really see her break down like that like we see breakdowns throughout the film but that is her first like it is all emotions are in it she's crying she 
you know? She yeah. She tries to kill herself. That's, like, her end goal. She mm-hmm. doesn't see really anything um, worth it afterwards. I actually wrote in my notes that her mental breakdown is glorified through the lens of social media and the desensitized youth culture. So I don't mean, like, the film glorified her, her suicide attempt. I meant in the terms of her filming it and putting it, I think it was, like, on Instagram or something, yeah. that it was intentionally done to, like, shine a light on society and, like, this idea of being really personal and open with our audience. But, again, that that idea of, like, youths being desensitized by things because people have access to this video and it was their choice to scroll right past it or watch it in full and watch it in full and do nothing about it. Um, well, I mean, how not? no one really knew her except for Dan, who did Who did something the, about it. Um, but then also, like, all these people commenting on her stuff and, like, people were like, oh, my God, you're amazing. You're an inspiration. And literally, it was a video of her, like, trying to kill herself. Yeah, but, like, so I'm just going to – I am I don't know if Ingrid had solid – goals throughout the entire thing like it seems like her initial goal oh no she's very impulsive is to meet taylor and to kind of be friends with her and all that stuff and so once that's done her new goal is then to like get her phone back from nikki and keep him from exposing her and then after that you know she doesn't have a plan she has her all is lost moment when you know she is at the house and her power gets turned off and like Taylor is officially done with her and you know she tries to kill herself um but I don't know like I don't feel like we don't learn why she's a stalker and why she feels the need to obsess over people I mean I think it's because again her mother's passing something on the inside where she doesn't quite have her own personality and also I feel like as the audience like we don't need to know well I think it's important for her motivations in a sense. Because then you have, like, an unmotivated protagonist, in a way. Yeah. Unless, like I said, like, if you're doing research and you're trying to explore it, I think by not stating it explicitly, it keeps it open-ended. There's obviously, there's so many um, other things she could probably be diagnosed with. Like, obviously, BPD isn't the end-all to end-all. Um, I don't know. I, again, that's the great thing about film. We all have our opinions, and, like, I think it's cool that we both are going to be like kind of sticking on our we'll die on our hill of what we believe um i mean at the end of the day i will be right and you will be wrong but you know are we sure about that i don't know (laughs) um no but i do i like that they don't tell us explicitly what she suffers from also because there's the realist notion from that because this is from her perspective she's not going to tell us because she herself is not aware of what what she suffers yeah but like maybe if someone i mean i guess taylor somewhat called it out where it's just like you're just like a loser and it's like yeah but then she calls taylor out which is like honestly i love that part yeah but like taylor doesn't really get any consequences from that it's just like okay this bitch is weird of course she doesn't because like that is the type of person she is she which i will i will break down these characters um but kind of going back to it with that ending and her blowing up and becoming her own, like, form of, I guess, like, social media presence and, like, becoming a star herself. Um, she becomes an inspiration, right? All these people are commenting, like, oh, my God, Ingrid, you're an inspiration. And they start to hashtag, I am Ingrid. Um, and I think going forward from here, I view this as she takes on the role of Taylor. That scene. I mean, but, like, okay. Again, the end of the the movie, it seems to suggest that her real goal of the whole time was, like, Instagram fame. Like, when Dan tells her, like, oh, look, you're blowing up, and it's just, like, there's a hashtag for you. She's so happy, and it's just, like, when was that ever established as something that she really wanted? She wants the, probably, I think she likes the attention. I think what she's hoping from it is she'll gain what she was giving to Taylor. Like, she'll have someone, like, find her. But it's all, like, pity. It's not like, oh, her life is so cool. It's just, like, we feel so bad for you that you wanted to kill yourself. But she doesn't care. But, like, I just, like, I feel like it doesn't seem to match the vibe and what they had been laying out for the rest of the movie. Like, it seemed like their first draft 
ending before they changed a bunch of stuff at the beginning to make it a more clear film and they just like didn't change the ending like it just didn't seem to quite fit with everything um i'm just gonna keep talking the movie it mostly lost me at the point where nikki threatens ingrid where he's like i have your phone i've seen all this stuff like give me five thousand dollars a month um i think there were ways to keep the conflict between ingrid and taylor like there were ways where they could have just had it between ingrid taylor and ezra um like i felt they were setting that up and so when they all of a sudden they threw in nikki as like a i have your phone it was just like where did this come from i i understand so you know, that he i didn't was trying see really to... much conflict between the three of them between ezra it was building though it was all like very like microaggression stuff like when uh she Inger got kicked out of the that one vip area because she wasn't a vip and like but we already were see like in in my like mind that's when we were already introduced to nikki who was like the tr- her true antagonist and he's part of it like i I mean her true antagonist is herself really of but... course but taylor has this like very special relationship with her brother i don't think the audience can even understand like i fully like watching it for a second time i still don't get it because i, I think i guess it's just because they're siblings because they're siblings and i think yeah. also she under like he he's an addict but she kind of is too she's just like oh you know he's like a drug addict yet like the first opportunity she has to like do coke with ingrid she does and i'm yeah. like oh, okay i get it and um she's like i don't do this much anymore but, but she like always wants to party and yeah. I just think there were more creative things to do that wouldn't have taken us into like that tonal shift that the third act had where like all of a sudden it was this thriller and I was like I don't understand where this was coming from. It seemed like a little artificial tension, artificial antagonism just thrown in because they were like okay we need to up the stakes in some way. Okay, inter- no I'm really interested because like for me like I just didn't feel that way. I saw it as like he like Nikki's character to me is just very authentic like dick character. He's just he's just yeah. a, he's just a bro who like comes in and fucking ruins everything. Like there's so many people like that in real life. They just come to the fucking party and like ruin everyone's mood. They ruin everything and they're just there for themselves. He's a very everyone not everyone. A lot of these characters are very self-centered and very self-serving. Yeah, I mean I think and I think you emote with different characters differently because again I find this film so fascinating because at least personally I very much get attached to Ingrid throughout the whole film and I feel for her and I feel bad for her by the end but everyone like Nikki like I fucking despise him same with Taylor I kind of despise her just as much I mean they're all like not Great They're all, all Ingrid is just, just as awful, but I feel yeah. for her. I yeah. I definitely do feel for her, but at a certain point and like this is also my thing, like I don't think she learns her lesson. And that's oh, of like course the she big, doesn't. the ba- but like that's the biggest thing. Like you want your protagonist to go on a journey and come out the other side different. I don't think she in a, is. In an ideal world, of course. Well, no, in a good script is what I'm saying. Ooh. And Ooh, I'm not saying I'm not out. saying this is bad. I'm just saying I don't think the ending was good. I think a different ending where there's real consequences for Nikki Taylor and Ezra's inauthenticity and Ingrid learns her lesson about stalking and social media okay. would have bumped my rating up. I, I, I know you probably won't have this fully like thought out, but like now I have to I have to pose the question. Like what would be your ideal ending? Okay. So she, she's like, oh, Craig, as if I haven't done this. No, I really haven't. But, okay, so there's already this weird tension brewing between Ingrid, Taylor, and kind of this new character of Harley. Um, and yes. so maybe an outing or, like, something happens where Harley's invited and, it, like, Taylor's just like, oh, I'm going to go with her to this thing instead. Sorry, Ingrid. And Ingrid shows up and does something somewhat similar. Um, or like like a small detail, um, Taylor Ezra notices, and they're just like, "Why are you copying me? Like, why are you trying to be me?" And something happens where her whole secret is revealed, not by Nikki or anyone, but like by herself or by mm. Dan, maybe inadvertently or something. Okay. Because um, that'd be an interesting character to have, you know, because he cares so much about her to accidentally reveal something about her. 
And so, um, and then, you know, something happens to the effect that Ingrid has the chance to expose Taylor and Ezra for something, mm-hmm. but she chooses not to. She deletes Instagram, etc., and just gets off and moves maybe back home or something like that. So where will we get resolution in terms of Ezra and Taylor? Maybe they uh, not get called out, but like they uh, maybe they open up that uh, thing that Taylor wants to open up, the desert door or whatever. Oh, uh, yes. And it fails enormously because like no one fucking cares. Yes. That would um, be a good ending. Because like their whole thing is like they think people care. I mean, Ezra, I think, is kind of realize that no one does because he's not a social media person and i think you know what i don't i don't hate ezra that much like his art sucks but no I'm one's gonna go into no one's character. buying it and he's he genuinely is like mistreated kind of by taylor oh and all for that sure stuff. and i think the most like not like the most eye-opening scene but something that's so important and speaks to their relationship is when Ingrid is talking to Ezra and she's like, oh, I read her favorite book. And he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And he's like, that's my favorite book. She's I thought never that, because like, here's the thing. I thought that was going to go somewhere else, but it doesn't. He still sticks beside her. So I'm like, I thought what it was, was the point of that? But again, this movie is so like saturated in the idea of social media and LA. I actually wrote like, like, Again, me with my little notes. Um, so basically how I explore Taylor's character. Taylor Sloan is a microcosm for all that's wrong within the 21st century society. I wouldn't say all. I would say maybe what's wrong with like Instagram influencer culture. See, I would go further. I would just say like in, in general, like with 21st century society, there's like, like going further than social media. Like, I mean, it's... A, I can't even talk about it. It's fueled. There by goes the one with the, the, the episode. episode. She, Jesus. she is fueled by her social media, but there is so much within it. Um, and Ezra is the one who reveals how LA changed Taylor. Cause remember he says she was like a loser before she came here too. So that's yeah. why there's like kind of that mirroring of Ingrid and Taylor and why yeah. in the end, I think she becomes the new Taylor in a sense. Um, LA is like a hellscape that destroys its victims. That's how I how I think this movie posits it. And basically as if it's its own antagonist is the setting of LA. I mean LA is definitely a character. Every yes. setting is a character in a sense. I don't know. I feel like it was more so and this goes into my whole connection to Twitter. Um you know, the idea of parasocial relationships where certain people online have a super online presence um, and people think that they kind of know them in a sense. Yeah. Where, like, I grew up on Twitter thinking that I knew a bunch of these celebrities or just other people I knew through Twitter. And that really, like, fucked me up for real world, like, relationships and stuff where it's just, like, you know you actually have to talk to people and have experiences with them to know them like yeah. you can't get everything from twitter and i think it's the same thing now that i'm receiving from other people where they get a little bit too comfortable a little bit too chummy with me and i'm like i don't know you like that you, need you to, don't know me you need like to take that. a step back and yeah i i definitely saw parts of that in this movie where it's just like uh, you know there's no barrier no and it's just like so Taylor posts all these things. She's like, I'm reading Joan Didion, like all of these things I really like. This is the best. And, you know, Ingrid does all these things. She's like, okay, now I, know, I think I know who she is. But Taylor's just presenting yeah, that. It doesn't actually mean it's part of her. And that's like a whole thing with social media, with like Instagram anyway, where it's like you're presenting the best version of yourself. And that was the other thing I questioned in terms of like when I was talking about before, like a big um, concept was how far do you go for the aesthetic? My other thing was, um, what is authenticity versus authority? Um, and how do you present that? Like, who is your real self? How do you control your narrative? Why do we do this type thing? Um, but going back to Ezra's character, because you're just like, I kind of like him. Um, I I can't. I can't like him. I don't think he's a, a good person, but I don't think he's at the same level as Taylor or Ingrid. I think he is. And the reason why I think he is, because in the end, he does stick up for Taylor. He, and you know, he doesn't, he clearly hates Nikki just as much as Ingrid does. 
Yeah, I thought he, that was going to go somewhere yeah, too. Yeah, it's, it's a divide. Like, it's there, but he doesn't because he's very weak-willed. He doesn't stick up for himself, so yeah. he is like his own villain. But then also, he is fake woke. He is one of those characters so fucking fake woke. He's like, oh, yeah. I don't subscribe to social media because I want to be present. I want to be in the now. And he like, but then like, gasses himself up on his own artwork, which is absolute garbage. Yeah. And literally, well, he said he didn't want to be an artist. T- Taylor pushed him to do that. Remember? Yeah. I think. I, I think, think that's just like a a front too, like to like kind of like pretend to humble himself like oh like i'm not great my my babe wanted me to do that but then i think taylor is a curator of so many things she curates her feed she curates she's like i eat here i read these things and she's like that my husband he doesn't use social media and he's an artist like she curated him she shaped him and because he's so weak-willed and because she is the one with the money and she wears the pants yeah like that was the whole thing like he was very uh scared about money um and so I think that's why he acts a lot of the way that he does. Like, I think he is somewhat authentic, but he loses that authenticity because he's not the one providing. Well, I think they, like, talking about money, too, and his fear of it, it's so interesting, too, because even talking about, like, Taylor's, um, the, the, I guess, both of their lives and how she's this influencer and she, like, she strives for greatness. I think, like, upon first watch, especially when you, like, see her and stuff, you expect her to be in this, like, ginormous mansion. And actually, like, her house really isn't big. For L.A. it is. Is and it? it's really yeah. Do you know how expensive it is to fucking live in LA? I, I her she had a nice ass kay. house. She had the fact that she had a lawn. That's nice. I know nothing about LA. It's I, LA. It's LA. Um, you don't have an eating disorder. Get, get one, one bitch. bitch. Um, no, LA is probably just as expensive as New York. Um, actually, uh, I don't know. Depends where you're living in LA. No, it's hard. It's expensive. I know that. To have a house like that, you have to have, like, thousands and thousands and thousands. Like, she, the, the fact that, you know, she does ad, she does sponsored posts and gets money, yeah. that's what's paying for that house. Yeah, and then I do remember they have another house. In yeah, they have another house in so Joshua Tree. Ha- she's like, I- planning on buying another yeah. house, turning it into a hotel. Like, she has money. Um, It's fleeting. I think all these people who are influencers, by the time they're 40, they're going to be dead-ass broke oh, yeah. looking for a skill or a job because being an influencer only counts when you're young and hot and when you when you break like 40 and you're not writing books no one fucking cares and going back to even just like the conversations between characters something i noted i think is so important um and speaks to just the overall film itself i wrote that the conversations are always poised to come across as deep and intellectual but they're always vapid and pointless. Well, that's just L.A., baby. Yeah, and that's what's so great about the film because, like, Taylor, Ezra, Nikki, specifically, those three characters, whenever they lead discourse, they, like, you could just tell they they feel big-brained, like, when they're talking. But, like, literally whatever is coming out of their mouth is just absolute fucking word vomit. And it is literally pointless to the plot. It is pointless to character development. It is pointless to everything. Yeah, we do this for free on our podcast. We do. I think so many people would be better off if they just recorded a podcast for themselves. Because it's like, listen, nobody wants you to say these things. No one wants to hear it. Just make a podcast. No one's going to listen to it. But then you can feel like people are. You can feel important. And is this a self call out? Is this me talking about my own feelings about what I am interested in? Probably. Absolutely, actually. (laughs) Um, I I mean, I really I did actually I really did like this movie. I just when you like something, you have to also critique. Also, we have to remember that Kay is going to school for film. So, for like, screenwriting specifically. Exactly. Not like directing or I know, but whatever. like so that is why you have this lens in terms of the Yeah, because I've been stewing in it for the past however many months. It's just like You're just so, you're measurable in it. You're no 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 no. I, 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 I do enjoy it, but like I know. It's so That is how your now. brain is wired now. Every single time I watch You can't Bob's, even enjoy like the little things. I anymore. watch Bob's burgers and the whole time I'm thinking about the structure. Ugh, you poor you poor soul. I it no, but like here's the thing. It it helps me because it's just like, oh, they did that in such a creative way on this show. Like mm-hmm. how can I up the, that creativity in my own script? Uh, Bob's burgers is great if you want to study 
uh, television sitcom. It is. Act structure or anything like that. It's just like great that. in general. It's, it, it is hilarious. They fit so many jokes into like 22 minutes. It's yeah. incredible. Yes. And it's, it's the just right, so The writing good. is something else on that. This isn't about Bob's Burgers. It is not. But you guys should watch it. If Going you, back if you earlier <laughs> to the film though, talking about jokes that they insert into the film and something I think that lands so well and it's probably one of my favorite parts of the film. It's so stupid. You're going to be like crying your idiots. Like, okay. You all know this. Um, is there the uh, the writers and this is definitely I see Matt Spice's influence on this is they're poking fun at trendy food shops mm. and so when she goes to oh, God. that restaurant at first yes. um, where Taylor frequents and the, the waiter comes over and he says what's your biggest emotional, emotional wound, wound. <laughs> that's the question of the day that's what we ask our like if clients I ever end up at a restaurant like that just like shoot me on site honestly I will hire a snipe and they will take you out. And I want... They will take you out on that date first, and then they will take you out with a gun, baby. And then, like, I want it to be in the middle of that restaurant so I can change the trajectory of the lives of all of the patients <laughs> of inside. all of them. Wait, did you see Invisible Man yet? I did not. <laughs> I was about to ruin a plot point. Thank God I, I could see the man. <laughs> I could see him. <laughs> I could see anyway. the man. Bad <laughs> So, Kay, what's yeah. your biggest emotional wound? My biggest emotional wound? Yeah. I don't even know what the fuck that question means is the thing. It's just like, what's the thing that has hurt me the most emotionally in my life? Yeah. I could probably take a good guess. I'm not going to. That would be mean. Um, what are mine? Mine are obvious. Mine are like you. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your, uh, your relationship with your parents and your ex-religion and all that stuff. Oh, yes. And Religious trauma. friends and all that uh. stuff. Let's soak it in, Mike. The 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 uh, homosexual trauma of it all, um, yeah. as our queen Millie Bobby Brown would say, nope. when she sees certain individuals, so, she yeah, floors thank it. Thank she you. floors it. Thank you. I would no slurs on the podcast. I would be thankful if she floored it on me, Millie. Yeah. If you ever listen to this, you can hit me any day with a car. Right. <laughs> um, I have nothing else to say. Um, it's all to say. I actually wanted to talk about, I think, two more things really quickly. All right. All right. Um, All I did right. want to talk about um, where I'm, like, losing it. My, no- my notes are, like, all over the place. They're, like, blah, blah, blah. my second one. Uh, the pod. You're only supposed to do one. No. I'm going to have to cut the first one. Jesus Christ. Uh, I like to. Oh, wait. I got to do the Bill Hader mention. Bill Hader. Okay. There we go. <laughs> also. He wasn't in this. <laughs> oh, one more thing we forgot to mention. The Princess Bride. We haven't been mentioning it, I though. Know. We've been mentioning the fact that we haven't been mentioning it. I know. So that's our, our thing. We'll um, just do an entire Princess Bride-themed episode. Oh, we're going to do a review. I mean, She's what coming. is there to review? Everyone's seen it. There's people who don't even know what the Princess Bride is. That's not true. It's very true. Why would you very, lie? It's very unfortunate. Gesture flop bestie behavior. <laughs> anyway, anyways, um... I, we didn't talk about Dan's character enough. I love Dan. He's the best character in the whole movie. She treated him so badly at the beginning. I wanted to smack her. I mean, the whole film, I think she does. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm beginning. I'm like, the whole Yeah, no, no, the, the whole, whole thing. Movie, Dan she is so abuses sweet. him. He is. And I think that, like, speaks to, like, something, obviously, we haven't seen before the film started. He was obviously privy to abusive relationships the way that he puts up with her and i think he requires validation from others and that speaks to the whole social media presence of the film what i wrote i think it's because his his parents are dead okay Uh, oh james (laughs) (laughs) oh my god because i think that's a big emotional wound that's his emotional wound that he opened and that's why he uh, kins Batman to an extent, I would say. And also, he kins Batman, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, he is Batman. I'm Didn't Batman. you know? That was a horrible Abed? Batman. I'm Batman. That was better. I'd like to see Dan and Abed battle it out. <gasps> and uh, Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> ben Affleck is a flop, and we should not even mention his name. Okay, I say that, and... Like, you and I are the only people who agree about this. Everyone else I talk to about, about Ben Affleck, they're like, oh, no, I love him. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Obviously, they are they are misogynist, they are sexist, and they do not support Ana de Armas. I want to smack him in the head. Not even, like, the Ana de Armas thing. I just, ugh. 
I just want to smack clearly, him. But clearly, like, you cannot say you support her if you're a fan of him. I don't know if that's true. They I just, think it's very true. They had an amicable breakup, I thought. Did they? Well, yeah. she seems a lot happier, so there's a fucking reason. Well, I think that's uh, what you think based off of her Instagram. <laughs> And you don't actually know her. It's true. Let's could... be careful. Did we learn our lesson? Did we not learn from this movie? I Come clearly on did now. not. Come on. Um, but okay, so the thing also why he resonates with Batman, and obviously they tie that to his character. Dan is the hero of this film in he more is. ways than one. He is the only authentic one grounded in reality. Yeah. Um, and also he is the, the hero in the end. He saves Ingrid on multiple levels. Um she is not grateful enough to him. Oh, she's not. I don't think any character is. Even, like, that friendship he thought he had with Nikki. And he's like, I don't see why you don't like him. He's a cool guy. No, like... N- well, I think he knew that Nikki wasn't, like, a real... He was just like, all right, he's here. Why not hang out with him? Like, I'm not going to just not No, because they him. became good buds. They were going to do stuff together. Yeah, but, like, that's the w- that's just how Nikki and Taylor operate. Where it's just like, oh, you're my best friend now. Like when Taylor said that, she's like, "You're my favorite person in the world. I love you." Like, oh my god, I know fucking girls like I that. To say, that and is, I hate that. That is also such an important part of the film. It's oh probably, my god, you're I like my that. favorite person in the world. It's the Get idea out. of you know that the the L word, the the love word. Do we use it too much? Not enough. I ain't gonna say anything. I mean, I don't know. It's I just have my like opinions. the idea of like fast friends and stuff like that. Oh my god, when I first entered um undergrad college i think we all have said it to an extent at well no i didn't even have i didn't have fast friends but like within my honors well, program there were people who like became like they were like we're best friends and like would hang out or like at and they were like super close like within like the first two weeks i'm like that this is gonna end horribly but i'm gonna say you and it did uh, you've never done that that was me at like 15 no. 16 years old no i'm an ex- extremely slow friend I do a yeah. slow burn with all of my friendships. We were in classes. Casey Musgraves playing in the background. <laughs> we were in classes together, you and I, for like two semesters, and we didn't talk. Well, that's because I was like genuinely like in fear of you. Oh, oh, why? Not, like, okay, not like <laughs> like a hel- like not like in fear. It's my Scorpio rising. No, not like in, not in fear, as in like running for my life or like a gen like. Did I, I look homophobic? <laughs> no, like I like you were someone I could come out to. Oh, you oh. gave off that energy. Like oh, I saw you and your, your your cute little outfits and your little hat. I'm like, she's someone I can come out to. My hat. You would wear um I forgot the name of the hat. Did I have beret? You would wear those sometimes, I but like the um like I don't want to say like taxi driver. Oh hat. no no yeah yeah yes it is kind of like a like a, a news not newsboy cap but like yeah that, yeah like a train conductor hat. Yeah, you it. were a trendsetter in our classes anyway. But Whatever. so like I was I. Listen, I only speak the truth on this podcast. That's a lie. But um, I thought you were too cool for me. I was like, I you just radiated. And the, now you know that it's far from the truth. We is. are the same. We level are the of same loser. person. Yeah. Um, but I was like, oh my god, like she's so cool and she's so smart. I'm like, I can't compete, so I'm not even gonna try. But here we are. Who would have thought? Who not me. Thought? Not me. So my last thought on this movie, and then we can wrap it up. Um. I don't know if this is really a sad note, but it's something I really, um, in terms of her suicide scene, just like the cinematography, the aesthetic of it, I thought that scene was actually very fascinating. Because, well, it's like the climax. Yeah, but also the way they set it up. Her suicide is like a shrine to what is lost, but more importantly, um, she has like photos of Taylor that she sets up and the candles. Yeah. And she plays the song that she associated with Taylor that they were singing in the car. Yeah. So it's literally like a shrine to Taylor, which is like. They had a. Uh, it's sad. It, there were over undertones, rather, to their relationship where, like, Ingrid, I think a lot of her obsessions come from this. You know, I mean, she's obsessed with them, but it's also like an attraction homoerotic. as well. It's, it's a little homoerotic. I forgot. I'm sorry. One last thing then. I did mention something of homoerotic, but actually towards a character you might not think. I talked about Nikki. I said, this was my description of him. Okay. He is a frat bro who is wrapped in queer-coded suppression. <sighs> I don't know if I'd go that far. That's why he hates himself so much. That's why he hates everyone else so much, too. He's just miserable. He is misery. I don't know. I think uh, a lot of it comes from the way that he and Taylor were raised and mm-hmm. also his addiction. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a privileged kid. Yeah. He lives in what, Paris? Yeah, and then yeah. 
I don't even know. I, yeah, he just. I that was another thing too. He's a big liar, so there's nothing you can really trust. Yeah, that he, he over exaggerates or just yeah, he's yeah. gross. He listen, Billy, you did a great job with the role. He because plays you made, assholes all the time. He does. Like. He's it, really good at it. He's really great at it because I literally guy. wanted to deck him. Yeah. Um. <sighs> yeah. And there we have it. Oh, so since like I guess we didn't do a raters of the lost arts, we didn't rate how I guess. What was your letterbox rating? We can base it off of that. How many stars did you I give it? I gave it three and a half stars. Okay. Which that's, is mean. That's good. I don't know. Three and a half is like kind of what I give to movies where it's like I enjoyed them, but I know they're not the pinnacle cinema. Okay. I gave it a four. Okay. I, I very much enjoy it. I Like I said, I like the music. I like the, I didn't really talk about it today, but like the, the wardrobing um, oh, yeah, that was, interesting. was really good. Um, And also just like the makeup because like each character obviously was dressed up or down differently depending on what they were trying to emanate. Mm-hmm. Um, I very much enjoy that film. Yeah, so that's, that's it for today. That's it I, think. For today. I think we're going to do some more episodes like this uh, coming up because it's a lot of work to do the long episodes where we do all the research and the ratings and then I have to worry about the structure. Yeah. It's just a lot more chill just to like watch a movie and have some thoughts on it talk to my friend about it. And have some silly little gay thoughts. I mean, <laughs> sure. Always. <laughs> um, yeah. This uh, this was gonna be this was fun. This is this is. Look forward to some this more cool stuff coming your way soonish. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, we get some backlog because I think in May I'm gonna be not here for like two weeks. So. Oh, oh she she's she's leaving on a jet plane. More like in the car, but uh, anyway. Thank you all. Thank you for joining. Uh, I've been Kay. I've been Craig. And, and go, go watch, watch a, a goddamn, goddamn movie. movie. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone.